Star Wars 7x7 episode 2268. Finally, we get to talk about this. Nothing else is going to get in the way. <laughs> this one, I've been talking about how I believe I know where in the galaxy Navarro is. That, of course, is the planet that was home to the Bounty Hunters Guild in Season 1 of The Mandalorian. And where the Mandalorian himself was operating from his home base. Well, I will share exactly where I think it is and why today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, let's dig in. There are some clues that are offered during the course of Season 1 of The Mandalorian as to the location of Navarro in the galaxy. It has not been published. It doesn't have information in the databank on StarWars.com. The listing in Wikipedia doesn't give a location, so nobody's been able to pick it out from anything that has been told in media. It's not showing up in galactic maps or anything like that. But I think there's been enough information shared in Season 1 of The Mandalorian and also helping to confirm it is information from Season 2's trailer for The Mandalorian that I think we can get pretty close to at least the area of the galaxy and not just the Outer Rim. No, we can narrow it down a lot more precisely than that. So if you're listening to the audio version of this, I'm going to give you some descriptive information so that way you can picture this in your mind. I'm sure you have seen a picture of the galaxy at some point, the Star Wars galaxy. So if you're imagining looking at it from the top down so you can see the spiral arms and, you know, all the spaces in between the arms, right? That's the picture that we're looking at, where if you're looking at the left-hand side of the map, which we will call west for our purposes, that's where the unknown regions are, right? And moving from the center of the galaxy outward, you have the deep core, then the core, then the colonies, then the uh, inner rim, then the expansion region, then the mid rim, and then finally the outer rim. So as far as Navarro goes, a couple of things that we know. First of all, we know that it's an outer rim world. We know that much. At the very beginning of The Mandalorian, one of the things that happens is when The Mandalorian comes to collect a bounty from Grief Karga, one of the kinds of currency that he could be paid in is Calamari Flan. So it turns out that Mon Cala is also an Outer Rim planet, and it's actually like pretty much right at the edge of the Outer Rim, like the outer edge of the Outer Rim. And if you think about it from a map and directional perspective, you could say that it is in the northeast corner of the Outer Rim, like about as far out as you can get. And logic would suggest that that kind of currency probably doesn't spend very well except for in the same general vicinity. So you would imagine that Navarro would have to be somewhere in the general vicinity of Moncala for that currency to be useful, all right? So that's one way of looking at it. Another way of looking at it is by considering the Mandalorian covert that is on Navarro. Now, you could get into a discussion of whether you think the Mandalorian covert has gone far away from Mandalore, or whether they are staying relatively close to Mandalore, what would the reason be for the Covert being established on Navarro? And based on where we are in the timeline, it's 9ABY, 
We don't know what's going on with Mandalore. The last that we saw Mandalore in any Star Wars story was with Star Wars Rebels, and in one BBY, it was still under the control of the Empire, although there were, you know, things going on with Rebel Cells and clans within the whole Mandalorian culture that were fighting against the Empire, but you would imagine that 10 years on from that, if it was safe for these Mandalorians to go back to Mandalore, that they would probably do so. So it suggests that it is not, which means that it is not under Mandalorian control. That presumption of mine seems to be bolstered by the appearance of Moff Gideon at the end of season one of The Mandalorian when he cuts his way out of that TIE fighter holding the Darksaber. And as we've talked about on the show, you can consider the Darksaber as analogous to Excalibur, and whoever's wielding that is ruling Mandalore. So that would suggest that Moff Gideon is ruling Mandalore. Furthermore, he is a Moff, which is a regional governor. And, you know, I'm kind of in mind with uh, Governor Adelhard, who was the governor over the Inoat system, which includes Bespin and Hoth, and how after the Empire fell after Palpatine was killed and uh, killed, quote-unquote, <laughs> and Death Star 2 was destroyed, that Adelhard locked down the Inoat system and, um, and tried to, you know, tell everybody inside it that it was all lies and treasonous rumors and whatnot. This is in the mobile game Star Wars Uprising where that all happened. So, in a fashion, you could consider Moff Gideon doing the same thing. He has basically established his control in this particular region of the galaxy and seems to be including Mandalore in this. Well, as it turns out, Mandalore is also in the Outer Rim. It is a lot closer to the Mid-Rim, comparatively speaking, and if you were to travel generally west from Mon Cala, and, you know, maybe dropping a little bit south as you go, but, you know, much more west than south, you would eventually arrive at Mandalore, and Mandalore is on the inner portion of the Outer Rim, so if you go a little bit farther west, then you get in to the Mid-Rim. Anyway, the point is, is that Mandalore and Mon Cala are actually not all that far away from each other in the Outer Rim. They're in the same general section of the galaxy. So, that's pretty much what's doing it for me. The fact that they're taking calamari currency, the fact that Moff Gideon is ruling Mandalore, and he has an interest in Navarro, he has a facility on Navarro, Navarro has to be somewhere between Moncala and Mandalore in the Outer Rim. Now, that's from season one. As far as season two's trailer goes, I will share with you the thing that popped up that is separate from those two, but that's helping reinforce it for me in just a second. I will just give a quick shout out to our friends at Audible and thank them once again for letting me give you a free audiobook download and a free 30-day trial at sw7x7.com audible. If you haven't tried it out yet, I hope you will consider it. I hear from listeners who listen to audiobooks that it's a fabulous experience. I already think it's a fabulous experience. I'm lucky to get advanced review copies of these things. So, you know, it's a different situation for me, but I will say the quality every time is wonderful and it is as close as you're going to get to a cinematic experience without having a movie until 2023 at least. Yeah. So, oh man, that's a whole other story. For now, just consider sw7x7.com audible, which also helps support Star Wars 7x7 if you check 
that out and get your free audiobook download and your free 30-day trial. So there is an alien who shows up at the end of the season two trailer for The Mandalorian, and that character's name is Gore Koresh. He is the one-eyed alien who tells the Mandalorian that the Gamorrean Fight Club is no place for a child, right? So here's the thing. That alien species is an abyssin, or also referred to as abyss occasionally sometimes. And that particular species is from a system, and this is a little bit confusing, but there is a deep core world called Bis, but there's also an outer rim pairing of worlds that is Bis and Abyss, A-B-Y-S-S. And those worlds do not currently exist in the new canon, but in the old canon, in the Legends canon, they are you know, a pair of worlds that are in what's known as the Ash Worlds in the Outer Rim. And what do you know, the Ash Worlds are actually in the same general vicinity as Mandalore and Mon Cala. Kind of in between them, kind of maybe a little bit south. If you were to draw a line between Mandalore and Mon Cala, then maybe just deke a little bit down. And of course, Wikipedia says something fun, like this particular species doesn't like to be very far away from its home world, and that instances where they were away were, you know, very rare and, you know, associated with slave trade stuff and that sort of thing. So possible, possible that that's the planet where the Mandalorian appears in the season two trailer because it is the right location that matches up with Moncala and Mandalore. And you would imagine that he's probably operating in the same general region of space. Like when he is trying to stay away from everyone, he goes across the galaxy to Tatooine, which is more in the southeast of the galaxy by comparison. So... Yeah, I would say that he's probably, generally speaking, operating more in and around the same place. And certainly Moff Gideon is going to be paying very close attention to him after what happened at the end of season one of The Mandalorian. So they are bound to be connected. And I would imagine Gideon is probably not going to be chasing him all across the galaxy either. So there you go. Northeast corner of the galaxy. That's where I think Navarro is. Love to hear what you think about that presumption. Chime in wherever you catch this episode, or if there's not a comment section where you catch the episode, then home base at SW7X7.com. And that is going to do it for the show today. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Star 7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.